Well, so that was that was a thing that we just did. Uh, welcome back to the Evil Podcast of Evil, the only show on the internet that is a retrospective about the 2008 web series Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. I'm Tyler Boudreau, one of the hosts, and I'm Condra Boudreau. And today we are featuring a very special guest, Alex. Say hi. Hey, Alex. Say hi. Hi, that's me. Uh, I'm Alex Thompson, uh, one of the hosts of Independence Day Minute, and I'm glad to be here to talk about this particular web series. Okay, Alex, I've talked to you before then, have, haven't I? I don't know. I've done a lot of shows. <laughs> it's a possibility. I was on Independence Day Minute, but I don't... Yeah, I think... It might have been were, when you uh, weren't there? Yeah, you were on a week when I wasn't there, um, but... Okay, so this this is all adding up now. Yeah. Glad we could, glad we could figure this out on air. <laughs> well, Alex, I've never but, talked to you before, so hello. Hello. <laughs> Ooh, he's got a sensuous voice. Uh, thank you. He's, he's the real. He's the Captain Hammer of the group. Let's say. Yeah. Can the I hammer be is my voice box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's killing it. He's killing it. Um, I'm groupie number three. Uh, so this is the segment of the web series, which begins right after the song "My Freeze Right End" ends, and when when Moist walks in, and the segment ends right before. Uh, we change scenes when Dr. Horrible says, I got to go this alone. So it's a it's a fun segment. It's mostly Dr. Horrible and Moist talking in a room. But then we also get a, the Bad Horse chorus singing in the middle. So, guys, what did you think of this segment of the show? <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever listened to this with headphones in. And... Boy, okay. the foley work on Moist is is just gross. <laughs> the the squishy sounds all the whole time. Just there you go. There's okay, some there's stop. some lovely foley no. work for you right into the microphone. No, <laughs> I hate mouth noises. A very small percentage of our listeners really liked that, and that everyone else hated it. That was like the opposite of ASMR. Okay, moving on. Uh, well, well, no, let's talk about moist. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, talking about moist, but not in a disgusting way. Okay. So, my evil moisture buddy. Um, so he, I'll just, I mean, I'll, I'll do the bit about Simon Helberg if you guys want. Yeah, let's introduce Simon first, and then we can go more into moist. Okay. So Simon Helberg, uh, he's he's a television actor primarily, um, most known for his um, star role on the number one TV show of all time, The Big Bang Theory. Uh, he plays Howard Wolowitz. In terms of his beginnings and his other roles, he hasn't had like a hugely successful career in terms of like, he's no Jennifer Aniston where he's like really like hit the movie scene or anything. But um, his career started kind of with Mad TV. He had some recurring roles on that. And then he was in the... Uh, the Friends spinoff, Joey, and he's just been kind of doing TV acting his whole career, which is cool. And he landed a good role on Big Bang Theory, and that's probably made all of the money he's ever needed to make because yeah. he will be in syndication forever. And, I mean, the fact that he's got a career that has kept him going for a while, you know, good enough. F fair enough. 
Oh, yeah, and he's a likable actor. Yeah, there are plenty of actors who can't carve out a career for themselves, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even seeing him in this, it's like, oh, it's that guy. Like, that's a cool guy to have in this show. Like, even in the small role of Moist, he's like, he's a perfect role. He actually makes the role of Moist likable, ironically. He plays sarcastic really well, I think, is what his his really power strength in his acting is. He plays, like, sarcastic, kind of apathetic very well, and he's just kind of bland in some ways. I think you have to be able to play <laughs> sarcastic well to do Joss Whedon, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think every one of the actors he's selected just ooze sarcasm in ways that just make it such a successful web series. Well, even the line I just kind of said uh, offhand when we were just introducing the character, uh, when Neil Patrick Harris says, moist, my evil moisture buddy, like, that's like a perfect encapsulation of a Joss Whedon quip. Where it's well, just I like, think, too, the moist comeback to uh, Dr. Horrible's What's Up saying, living a life of crime. <laughs> like Life of crime. Got your mail. <laughs> chill. I'm just here making things <laughs> damp. So his powers are moisture generation, but not at such a level that he's causing floods, just making things kind of gross and wet. Yeah, just uncomfortably damp. So he's he's got super flop sweat. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for for sure. And um, we 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 haven't talked. Like, we'll get the chance to talk about the song from Commentary the Musical. Nobody wants to be moist, but um, his his powers are slightly more enumerated in that. But what I will say is, what I like about Moist's powers is he's got like, it, it, I don't. Alex, have you ever seen the film Sky High? Yes, I have. He's got like he's got like a is he got like a sky high sidekick power where it's like yeah. not useful in any practical way, but definitely like a thing until that would, the plot, would come up in the world until the plot contrives for it to be useful. Yeah, like the melting guy. Yeah, and that's what I like about Moist is just like he's just a guy who has a power that's kind of cool, but not really useful. Well, thinking about Moist's power. He also brings up that he goes on a double date with uh, Conflict Diamond, and then they, they're they paired up with Bait and Switch. And these are characters that are never mentioned of again. So I want to speculate and pose the question, what superpowers slash villainous powers do you think they all have? Okay, so but the other thing the other thing that falls in this question is what do their like what do their names mean? Like in general, because I don't know what Conflict Diamond is. Like, is that a phrase? So it, like in real life, you don't know what a conflict diamond is. Yeah. Okay. So in real life, diamonds, and I'm going to have some details of this wrong. Diamonds generally come from Africa. They are used okay. as currency by a lot of the warlords down there. Um, so conflict diamonds frequently are ones that were given like in exchange for killing a tribe full of people because you wanted their territory or stuff like that. Okay, so this is akin to the phrase blood diamond. Yeah, yeah, pretty diamond. similar. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the phrase blood diamond. All right. Th- that okay, that's what I I probably could have guessed. In this case, conflict diamond hopefully is not tied to such activities but is just kind of a cool name. Yeah, it could just be a cool name, or it could be someone who's got, um, maybe I feel like best case scenario might have the the Emma Frost power where they can sort of turn their skin kind of diamond and indestructible. 
Yeah. See, I was thinking they were like uh, Discord from uh, Greek and Roman mythology where they just go in and like to be like true chaotic evil and they just will cause whatever mayhem they can to create strife among the people they're with. Ah, uh, so you're referring to the Greek god Eris with an I. Correct. Ah, uh, yes, and we all know how she started the Trojan War. Exactly. Alex, are you familiar with the Trojan War? Yes. Yes, the, the, war, the war for uh, prophylactics, yes. I'm familiar with the Trojan War. <laughs> Sorry, you're dealing with two uh, classicists here, mm-hmm. so it's always back to the ancient world for uh, us. It, it's well, hard Conrad, to... When are we going to cover the movie Troy? It's Never. hard to conjecture what power some of these people have because you can't tell. Some of the superheroes and villains in this universe seem to have legit A-level powers. You know, Captain Hammer seems to be legitimately very powerful. And then some of them and then type. some of them are like moist here. So Conflict Diamond could be a really powerful villain, you know, who's indestructible skin or something like that. Or it could just be someone who makes people a little angrier. <laughs> well that's the thing the other thing is that we don't know of dr horrible's powers at all assumably presumably he's just one of those super villains who's really smart yeah which he's is always like a cop-out villain like mojo jojo <laughs> but he was also a monkey <laughs> but still really smart i think he has that inventive power in the same way if you want to go back to sky high the the initial antagonist of sky high well, no, the initial antagonist of Sky High actually had technopathic powers. She actually, like, could move technology with her mind. I well, would, we, I would compare... we didn't realize she was the bad person yeah. until... The, I'm talking about the science guy that was just, like, leading class. Oh, yeah, the the uh, Professor Medulla or Dr. Medulla, whatever it was. Kevin McDonald with a big brain prosthetic on his head. So I just watched Sky High, exactly. like, a week ago. So it's all, oh, very, wow. it's all very yeah, fresh I was going to say head. that... That that's a that's a kid in the hall, correct? Yes, that is one of the kids in the hall. Okay, Condra, do you know the kids in the hall? No, I don't know what that means. Uh, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're a Canadian sketch comedy troupe. Indeed. Ah. Uh, and the, the, a particular generation of like people who grew up in the '80s slash '90s will have a strong affection for them and think that they're like the greatest comedy thing ever. And then no one else has really heard of them. Yeah, Am I correct, and Alex? if if you were someone of that age range who thought who thought you were kind of too cool for Saturday Night Live, uh, Kids in the Hall maybe was a little more your speed. Oh wait, 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 wait! I think this. Yeah, no, this does sound familiar as you're explaining it. And what's fun about Kids in the Hall is that there's a line in Commentary the Musical when Captain Hammer's singing. Um, and he mentions them just as a rhyme. He he does every, every rhyme of the word all he does. So he says like three parts of Gaul, kids in the hall. Like it's great. <laughs> One day when we get to commentary the musical, it's going to be a real fun, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> so do we want to start talking about Bad Horse now? Sure. Wait, first, can we talk about how so Dr. Horrible like is going through his letters and most of them are wet and then he get he takes out one. And then Moist goes like, is that from the League? And then, uh, yeah. And then Dr. Horrible says like, that's his seal, isn't it? And then Moist says, yeah, th- the leader. And I love that line because it's clear that Moist doesn't remember Bad Horse's name at first. <laughs> well, uh, and then Dr. Horrible says Bad Horse. What were you, you going to say, Condra? Well, I was just thinking about the concept of like wax seals and imagine imagining a horse trying to use a wax seal. <laughs> 
really is an interesting thought. Does he have a bunch of minions like the Bad Horse Chorus that go around and just like write his letters? Or does he have a dictation ability? Like he has a software that will dictate his letters for him? I had lots of thoughts about a horse <laughs> running a, an evil league. Well, he, we know he has a death Winnie. Hmm. Is that a Winnie that kills people automatically? <laughs> we don't know. So spo- spoiler alert, I guess, for the end of the movie, Bad Horse is actually a horse. Yes. We don't know if he's got like telepathic capabilities or if he can talk or how exactly Bad Horse communicates his evil will to everybody else. So... I mean, he could be, you know, telepathically communicating to a scribe or dictating. Or maybe he is like a horse, but who also has the manual dexterity to be able to manipulate a pen or a typewriter. That would be so impressive. I mean, Bad Horse is just like one of the better jokes of this whole show, Mm -hmm. like as a recurring gag and, and the Bad Horse chorus, which I want to get to in about in just a second. But we didn't debate what bait and switch's power was but presumably bait and switch's power is just that he'll make you think one thing and it'll be another i don't know well i mean bait and switch seem to be two people right so i yeah they could be like an evil twins sort of a thing uh, that was oh, what i, oh, was I see thinking. what you mean oh bait and switch okay. yeah because it was a double date so i think okay it, so it was a double date and i think that yeah, he thought he was going with Bait, who is the either more attractive or better or in some way preferable option. But Oh, so I should probably mention this, and this is a, also a spoiler, but later in the in the in episode three, we see um, Moist in a bedroom with a character called called the Pink Pummeler. <laughs> and it it leads us to assume that uh, Moist's sexuality might have been the at question here. Hmm. As in, as in, they set up Moist to be to end up with a girl, and he was looking to end up with a boy. I don't remember if they, and I mean, I don't have the script right in front of me. I can't remember if Moist specifies a pronoun in particular for either Conflict Diamond or uh, Bait or Switch. I, I don't feel like he specifies Bait and Switch as women, but I, I could be entirely making that up. I, I'm not sure either, and I just the pink pummeler thing is like a is just another aspect of it that I was trying to throw in to make sure that we were getting everything right in the scenario. But anyway... I'm curious now, so I'm looking up the script, but you all can keep talking. (laughs) But anyway, um, Alex, we get this bad horse chorus. Um, What's your, what's your thought on, on this? I, it's a very funny kind of whimsical um, thing. I'm trying to tell as I watch it, I feel like the sort of the truth is probably it's just an abstraction. And in reality, Dr. Horrible is reading it aloud, but I kind of in my head, I want to believe that somehow one of bad horses powers is he can make the bad horse chorus appear and read his letter aloud to people. Well, it could be something that's, as you said, is purely telepathic. Mm -hmm. Like by opening the letter, you like open yourself up to his like telepathic like alternate reality mm. wherein everything is like western themed it's like a howler that's what happens yeah he or he's got like a western themed version of the uh the reality stones powers you know mm. like yeah he, or or something like 
something like um, Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home where he like yeah. can like make you think that things are surrounding you. Mm-hmm. So I just double-checked the script just to get back to Bait and Switch and Conflict Diamond. None of their pronouns are specified, yeah. so we have no idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm still holding fast on Gay Moist. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's my headcanon, at least. Um, so, but I... I am definitely on that mindset, but I was also thinking like Howler slash projection, like um, God, what is it from The Incredibles when a there's Howler like little... from Harry Potter? Yeah, Howler from Harry Potter, but with also like projection, and it's like a projection of the course people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you think it's a Jorel head from Superman? Mm-hmm. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just watching him bounce. It's very silly. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that he does that to time. And I really was wondering how they did that, whether they were playing the music over while he was reading it, slash if they were actually live singing, because live singing isn't usually done in recordings and they will do it afterwards. But the timing of Dr. Horrible is very well done well there. I think we're talking about two different things. I think Alex was talking about the the chorus. They they do a little bounce Mm -hmm. as they sing. And then, Condra, you're talking about Dr. Horrible as he's reading the letter. He's, like, nodding and, like, his eyes move to the beat of the song. I think they're correlated, though. Yeah, they may have had it playing on set so that everyone can be moving in rhythm to it. I would venture a guess they're doing it kind of music video style where the audio is playing and everyone is lip syncing to it and dancing and moving to it. (laughs) Uh, It's yeah, because it's 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 a nightmare to try to capture live audio of singing um, on a on a set as people who saw Les Mis, the most recent production. <laughs> Truth and attest so much. It's it's a great visual gag that is part of what makes this series so great is because like the bad horse chorus comes in and they they like they steal the scene as it were. But then also you have the deeper joke of Dr. Horrible reading the letter to the music. So you kind of get this double like you like you're trying to look at two different things at once. And it makes it a lot of fun visually and part of what makes this show so rewatchable. There's something that's really weird to me about if if the if it is that Dr. Horrible is actually reading it and the Bad Horse Chorus is just an abstraction for the audience's benefit. It's very weird that the letter is addressed, and at the beginning of the letter, it says, he rides across the nation, the thoroughbred of sin. He got the application that you just sent in. <laughs> Why do you, you don't need to, you don't need at least the first half of that sentence. We know who Bad Horse is if you're reading this letter. But if he's glorifying himself and being mm. like, I am so important that it's not even addressed to you. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. And my opinions of myself and how you fit into my world, it definitely like would check out for Doctor Horrible having such a hard time getting yeah. into the evil podcast or evil league of evil. The evil pod. I mean, yeah, I could, I, yeah, I guess I could see that as sort of like a grandiose villain, just being like, "Yeah, I got your letter, but first, let me just remind you that I'm awesome." Also, also as exposition goes, um, two lines of a joke song. Uh, that are that funny like i'm willing to excuse mm-hmm. just for the fact that like it's it's probably good to like s- have like the bad horse he rides across the nation the thoroughbred of sin it's probably better to get that so people can get accustomed to like okay these people are singing they're singing the content of the letter and then by the time we as an audience figure that out the 
important stuff hasn't been said yet so that when he says a heinous crime a show of force a murder would be nice of course we understand okay this is the letter telling dr horrible what he needs to do Mm -hmm. and so just it flows well in terms of exposition it's a it's a it's a deft way to throw exposition at the audience or or not necessarily exposition i would almost just say plot without having to yeah just have neil patrick harris read it yes especially since most of what this show has been so far is neil patrick harris talking into camera Mm -hmm. it's nice to get some change and it also gives us music again because i think this is only the second piece of music yeah this is the second piece of music and we're seven minutes into what's ostensibly a musical oh it's a sing-along blog um also also it kind of gets this idea of um organic slash inorganic musicals Mm -hmm. um wherein like some of the music takes place in universe sometimes some of the music takes place out of universe do you know what i'm talking about it's it establishes a tone of whimsy i think um there's a playwright (laughs) that comes to mind uh sarah rule who uh, if i if i can put on my my theater uh degree hat here for a second please uh, <laughs> she has a lot of plays where they do this sort of a thing uh, where someone's sort of describing, you know, a moment to another, you know, two people are having a discussion and one of them is describing a thing that used to happen. And then on the other side of the stage, two characters, two actors will be, you know, sort of acting it out and things like that. And then playing and pl- then playing for laughs, the fact that suddenly they'll reference the, thing they're like what is that oh that's my imagination over there yeah so it <laughs> it, it, it it established whimsy i think is really the best sort of a word to describe it just kind of like fun things like don't expect this to necessarily have hard and fast rules about when people are singing and when they aren't just you know just kind of like just sit back and enjoy the ride kind of a yeah i think that's that's good and it also gets at kind of the irony of the overall plot wherein this is kind of an anti-hero story that has serious implications. And um, especially like in 2019 and kind of um, Alex, we've, we've been kind of talking about this show as kind of like a, like a, like a post 4chan, 8chan world, wherein (laughs) like things can get very ugly on the internet very fast. And Dr. Horrible kind of represents this, this version of, character that kind of has bred from the internet and which in 2019 has a lot worse implications than it did in 2008 Mm -hmm. yeah so the part of what's fun about this show as a whole is that it is so it it handles this kind of serious issue in such a fun way in that and that that ironic contrast is part of what makes it so powerful yeah but uh anywho you guys want to learn about the people in the bad horse chorus (laughs) Yes, sounds good. So, uh, Bad Horse Course number one is Nick Town, who is a writer. Um, most most notably, he was an assistant writer on Deadwood, and had a couple other credits that weren't weren't anything huge. Um, so he might just be pals with Joss. Group, uh, not groupie. Uh, Bad Horse Course number two is Jed Whedon, Joss's brother. Wrote the music for Doctor Horrible. Is married to one of the other writers of the show, Marissa Tancherin was a writer on the show Dollhouse, which was a short-lived Joss Whedon-created show on Fox. And he was also a writer for Agents of Mm S.H.I.E.L.D. And 
that's that's Jed Whedon. His acting, his mm-hmm. acting career is much shorter than his writing career. And the last Bad Horse Chorus member is Rob Rhinus, not Rob Reiner, unfortunately. Rob Rhinus, who is a TV actor. It seems that he had a a role on the early 2000s show Just Shoot Me, but really has just been kind of doing small bits here and there over the course of his career. Mm. And if if anyone at home trying to put names to faces... Um, when the Bad Horse Chorus comes in, Nick Town is the one in the bottom left. And then Jed Whedon, of course, he's a Whedon. He is the most redheaded of the three. Uh, in the upper left, and then the one on his own on the far right is Rob Rodgers. Not Rob Rodgers. Yes. He's the one who has the delightful Hi-Ho Silver yes. solo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, anything else overall with this scene i feel like we should start wrapping things up but we have time to get into one more bit if we want i do have a question i mean something we didn't do at the beginning which is our bad as a host but alex do you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with dr horrible why Mm. would you want to come on and talk about this Uh, funny web series i know i was slightly late to the dr horrible party i think it had been out for a couple years by the time i saw it maybe two years and when i saw it i remember being really bummed because (laughs) not necessarily the the musical part of it but in terms of the plot of it it is exactly something i would have written and the fact that someone else who is (laughs) far more talented and successful got to it before i could have come up with that idea and put pen to paper made me like really sad as a writer that it's like oh man someone took that idea um yeah. but it, it just connected with me so much the 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 sort of superhero sympathetic super villain sort of this kind of like fall from grace idea and sort of like most of the the web series for the first like 90% of it until I guess spoiler alert until Penny dies it's sort of all the super villainy is sort of treated as low stakes even though they're talking about killing people and murder and so on and so forth and then all of a sudden it feels very real and you know that whole thing so I mean I really love it um, and really responded well to it yeah and I, I don't know if you watched the whole thing uh, in preparation for the show, if you just watched this segment, but um, any thoughts on like how the show has grown over the years for you in terms of either the kind of the politics, as I was talking about earlier, or just uh, your your growth as a person in relationship to it? Um, I think it. I think kind of getting to the thing I was talking about, like we're approaching a point now. I think with superhero storytelling, where we're kind of deconstructing it a little bit. You know, Superman, think about like the Richard Donner Superman in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even though people ostensibly die in there, it feels sort of low stakes. Even going all the way to, you know, X-Men in 2000, you know, yes, people die and it's sad, but it all feels very kind of comic booky. And this, the this for the first 90% of it, feels very sort of comic booky superhero and then the last little bit of it feels kind of more gritty and she dies and you she's she's bleeding <laughs> and you know yeah 
and you truly see like the light lever eye and stuff like that. it, it, it sort mm-hmm. of in a weird way, it kind of feels a bit like, uh, I, I know that like dark Knight had happened before this already, but it, it sort of feels like a little bit of the sort of the things to come. Yeah. I think, I think you'd hit the nail on the head there. It's like, the way the way I kind of see it is it's basically a Spider-Man story. Like you've got this guy who wants to have his personal life and his super life, mm-hmm. but they get in the way of each other. And that conflict ultimately gets him to succeed. But the what like what did he have to yeah. what did he have to sacrifice to yeah, get? Yes, to sacrifice one for the sake of the other. Yeah, I think Spider-Man is a really good call because that seems to be a constantly recurring motif especially boy especially the one that in um the most recent spider-man far from home that uh, it's impossible for him to have any kind of quote-unquote professional success while still maintaining you know a, a clean personal life and a clean break there as soon as he thinks all right i got this and then someone exposes him yeah condra any other final thoughts for this segment uh, Wonderflonium is a really cool pretend material. Mm. We'll talk more about Wonderflonium later, but I just think it's a cool word. Courier van, candy from a baby. Yeah, and honestly, honestly, the the choice of calling it Wonderflonium, I think, kind of sets it in that sort of lower stakes comic book universe for the first ninety percent of it. Because he could have called they could have it could have been plutonium or uranium or some real yeah. life radioactive yeah. element, but it's established as this kind of funny jokey silly name sort of a thing to sort of almost set the stakes lower at the beginning yeah okay let's 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 sign off um alex where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me guesting on a variety of podcasts my own podcast independence day minute on a podcatcher near you Uh, i've also previously done galaxy quest minute going over the movie galaxy quest one minute at a time uh, check what me out on your podcatchers there. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a big Galaxy Quest <laughs> fan. I'm... Yeah, it, I, I still enjoy it, but I, I mean, once you've done it for it, it, it takes a little bit of a different spin in my head now. It, I won't say scar, scarred is too <laughs> strong of a word, but just, <laughs> just after the 500th time I've seen it, it's, it's a little different for me. But yeah. but it's still a heck of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Condor, anything else you want to say sign off wise? Rate, review, subscribe on the podcatcher you are listening to right now. You can follow us on Amateur Nerds on the Twitter. Email us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. And yeah, we still don't have a we still don't have an exit gag for this show, but uh until next time, I'm Tyler Boudreaux. I'm Condra. I'm Alex. Um uh <laughs> I, I I guess we'll uh we'll we'll leave now. We'll we'll stop the the audio is the thing that We'll do.